With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Swan and Dolphin bride Laura Ferris about her wedding at Crescent Terrace and her reception at Blue Zoo. And I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose the Swan and Dolphin and what she did to customize her day and how everything turned out. Welcome, Laura. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'd love to start at the beginning and find out how you guys decided you wanted to be married at the Swan and Dolphin. Joe and I, we've, my husband, we've always loved Disney. I grew up going to Walt Disney World every couple of years, and Joe grew up out west, so he went to Disneyland a couple of times. And we just kind of bonded over our mutual love of Disney. And our, our first vacation was actually in Disney World. We both had the flu, so we figured if we could survive a vacation sick together, it was meant to be. <laughs> and the next year on our trip, we actually got engaged at Disney World, too, at California Girl During Wishes. So kind of was meant to be. And... When we were trying to figure out a wedding, what we were going to do, we settled on we had to have a winter wedding just due to our work schedules. Joel runs a Dairy Queen that is closed in the winter, so he had all the vacation time in the world. And I'm a veterinarian, and that's our slow season. So it was the best time for me to get time off of work, too. And we're from Minnesota, so we figured a wedding in Minnesota in January sounded pretty awful. So we're like, hey, Florida, let's do that. So kind of looking into everything, we started looking at all of the different options that Florida has and Disney World has for weddings. And my husband, Joe, actually found out about Swan and Dolphin and, you know, all of the flexibility that they have. You know, we, too many people we wanted to invite for a wishes wedding and there wasn't a, a mini wishes then. So, you know, we decided, hey, Swan works great. You know, they can have as many people as you want, so many less restrictions and the, the cost was much less expensive too. So can you talk a little bit about how you chose your ceremony and reception venues? Yeah, so we kind of looked at all the different options that the Swan and Dolphin had. You know, I decided I didn't want anything to do with a beach wedding, so so that was out. And we happened upon the, the picture of Crescent Terrace just when I was kind of Googling, looking around at all the different options. And I absolutely fell in love with it. It was like a little park outside, still within Disney, but kind of off to the side, not out in the middle of everywhere where people could see you. So we just, and Crescent Terrace was available the day we wanted to, so picked that and then we were we were really trying to figure out what we wanted to eat and for some reason Joe my husband is nuts and he doesn't really like Italian food which I don't quite get that but we he loves seafood so we found out about Blue Zoo and he had actually gone down to Florida with a friend 
you know, a little while before we were still trying to figure things out a couple of months beforehand, we had to pick and make any decisions. And he walked into Blue Zoo and he saw the whole restaurant in the area and he said, this is it. This is perfect. You know, I'd never set foot in the restaurant or anywhere near it. And we booked it just based on what he said. And we, we couldn't have been happier to be at Blue Zoo. That was over at the Dolphin Resort. Wow, that's great. So how many guests did you invite and how many made the trip? We went a little overboard with invitations. My my parents kept inviting people and we had 81 guests invited, which I actually kind of had a little freak out about because the Blue Zoo private rooms that we had only fit 56 people. Mm-hmm. So if anyone would have RSVP'd, we would have been up a creek without a paddle. But we ended up having 47 people come. So still way more than I ever expected. We were so happy that many people were able to travel from Minnesota, Illinois, Iowa, California, Indiana, all over the country to Florida for us. We actually used all three of the rooms. We, we wanted more space. We could have fit in two, but we wanted people to have room to kind of mingle and walk around too, just because a lot of people hadn't seen each other for a long time. Was that meal catered by Blue Zoo or was it done by the Swan and Dolphin catering team? It was, it was directly through Blue Zoo. We, went, we worked with Liz Torres. I believe she's the event manager there. And they have specific meal packages you can choose. And I think we picked, I can't remember exactly which one, but it was one of the, the middle-of-the-road packages. And then we changed things up a little bit. We were, you know, they were really, really accommodating for everything. Like, one of the options was a beet salad, and neither Joe or I thought that sounded good. So they were able to work with us. We had our own garden salad that we wanted. We were able to tweak the menu a little bit to how we wanted it to be and what worked for us. That's great to hear. Did you also order your cake through them? We did, yes. Through the Swan and Dolphin Just Mary website, they had a couple different cake options. I, I wasn't a huge fan of any of them, so I contacted Jennifer Haskell through Just Mary and was kind of asking her what if there were any other options for cake. And she said to contact the restaurant. And Blue Zoo was so accommodating. It, the pastry chefs at Swan and Dolphin made it for us. We had several different layers with different flavors in. One was almond, one was a chocolate, and one was just a, a white cake with filling. And I sent a couple of pictures for inspiration, and they came up with even better than I could have imagined. That's great. Now, in your pictures, you have these gorgeous turquoise bridesmaids dresses and a lot of purple accents. Did you have a theme to go with your colors? No real theme, mostly just a just a regular wedding in Florida that happened to have a couple Disney touches to it. You know, I, I've always loved the color turquoise, and then purple was a great flower accent to go with it. So it just kind of, you know, we just kind of happened upon that. You know, other Disney touches we had was we had Disney love songs play kind of as the intro to our wedding as guests were being seated. And our, our exit song after the wedding actually was A Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow from A Carousel of Progress slash The Old Horizons ride at Epcot. It's kind of a, it's kind of become Joe's and my song in a way. It's our favorite ride at Disney. I'm actually getting kind of teary talking about it. I love it so much. <laughs> but, so we did that. We also had those lyrics on the back of our program. And then as far as decorations went during the wedding, some other Disney things we had was I made these Mickey pomander balls or kissing balls, I guess they're called, for aisle decorations. And then we did a, a sand ceremony during it, and I got a little do-it-yourself crazy and made etched the Epcot logo in a glass block that we used for our sand ceremony. Oh, neat. Yeah, so kind of some, some little, little things snuck in here and there. And then for your vendors, did you just use the list provided by Swan and Dolphin, or did you do your own research? 
a little bit of both. You know, I started with the list that they had, kind of looked around at different websites of, you know, got some ideas. And I actually used a lot of the different Disney Facebook groups that are out there for the Disney Brides and the Swalfins group and all of that. And I, I kind of looked at what people had done, looked at their pictures, and did that. Our, our photographers, we had David and Vicki Arndt, who I couldn't recommend any higher. I actually knew someone that was a technician when I went to veterinary school, and she'd gotten married on a cruise and had them. And she said, you have to have them. They're absolutely wonderful. So I, we, that's how we found them. But otherwise, most of it was just kind of a little bit of word of mouth, a little bit of my own research, kind of settling on what we thought worked best for us. Okay, that's great. So when you were planning, what were the three most important aspects, the ones where you focused your time or you focused your budget? One was, was really music. Both of my, my parents were music majors and have been involved in music their entire life. And I played violin for, oh my goodness, probably close to 20 years now I think I've played. So having a good musician was really important to me. And we had Christine McPhail, she's a harpist. I thought that's, you know, it's, it's very wedding-y when also you're going to have a harpist in your life. You know, and I listened to some of her samples online and some videos that she had on the internet and just fell in love with the sound of it and her music and her flexibility. So that was one of my, my big things. Another one was photography. You know, I've, I've had some, some friends and family members just end up with really kind of sad wedding pictures. Just they spent a lot of money on them and they didn't end up what they wanted. And I knew that was one of my most important things because I love photography. I love to take pictures and I wanted my pictures from my wedding to represent that too. So David and Vicki were probably my biggest splurge but they were worth absolutely every penny also. Those are probably my two big things. You know, I also kind of, the dress is always a big thing too. You know, I, I searched for a really long time and I found my dress surprisingly at David's bridal, but it was what I wanted and it was absolutely perfect. Oh, that's great. So which aspects were less important where you saved your time or you saved your money? One was probably our wedding programs. I think we made them the night before we left to go to Florida for the wedding. <laughs> the very last minute thing. My husband, he had a, a groom's maid of honor, I guess you would call her. Best lady. She was the graphic designer and she came over and we just kind of bumped them out in a couple of hours. And they, they were absolutely wonderful, but it was at the very bottom of my to-do list. Another thing we didn't spend a ton of time, money, or effort on was our centerpieces. It's kind of a, a thing with my friends where it's a joke now we're going to have hand-me-down centerpieces. So my maid of honor got married a couple of years ago, and she gave me a lot of leftover things from her centerpieces. So I kind of repurposed those into mine. So they were very do-it-yourself, just little floating candles in, in glass vases with some pearl beads in them. But it was kind of fun. Didn't spend a lot of time on it, but it's a fun memory of my wonderful group of friends from, that I've known for 15 years. That's great. And was it tricky to get all of that down to Florida from Minnesota? Some of it was. We actually ended up buying the glass vases from Michael's in town there. We had to go back a couple times over the few days we were there just because they weren't in stock. But that was a little bit of a panic for me, but it ended up working out just fine. The TSA did search my suitcase. I'm sure they saw all of my, my, my flowers and like my, my Mickey Palmanders and the sand from the sand ceremony and all of that my suitcase on x-ray and like what the heck is that <laughs> but <laughs> everything made it in one piece you know that was one of my kind of worries was getting everything there but that all ended up really working out so I was happy about that that's great did you add any other events to your day like a dessert party or maybe do a welcome party or a bridal tea 
Not the day of the wedding. We did do a rehearsal lunch the day before the wedding with basically, you know, the bridal party, immediate family, and some, some close friends. That was at Whispering Canyon Cafe over at the Wilderness Lodge. It was a riot, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. And then the the morning after the wedding, we had a, we called it our farewell breakfast. We did Ohana over at the Polynesian Village. So that's kind of a great way to say goodbye. You know, that way Joe and I could start our honeymoon and a lot of people were leaving that Sunday too. So great way to thank everyone again for coming down and say goodbye to them. That's great. Do you have any tips for anyone? Because I know Ohana is a popular place, but when you have a larger group, like you had 47 people, sometimes brides get a little bit anxious because they say, well, we can't seat you all together or you have to pick a certain time. How did that work out for you? It, it actually worked out really well. We did a separate RSVP with our wedding invitations for the farewell breakfast, and we, we did that quite a bit in advance, so I was able to have a good idea of how many people could go. And we didn't have the whole 47 people able to go. A lot of people's flights left really early the next day. So I ended up calling the Ohana restaurant directly. I got the number through actually the Disney, just the Disney dining phone number. And so I called the restaurant directly, and they were able to book me a full table, and we all were able to sit together without any issues. The The only downside to that morning is we did have to wait about 40 minutes for the tables to be ready for us. But it was kind of fun. We were just able to all reminisce from the night before and have a good time and just hang out with everybody. That sounds nice. Yeah. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how your wedding day ran? Sure. Um, so let me think back here. I, I remember I had to wake up ridiculously early. I was probably up at about 4 in the morning, 4.30, just because excitement and so many things to do. We, My husband and I stayed at the, the Dolphin the night before, and they gave us a conference room over at the Swan side. So I had to walk across to the Swan Hotel, and they gave us a conference room that's starting at 6.30 in the morning. So I was up and over there ready to go at 6.30 in the morning. Our dress steamers, we hired Carolyn Allen. They're a local bridal shop that comes to the Disney Resort to steam dresses. They came over, I think, at about 7 in the morning. And then during that time, all of my bridesmaids and family arrived. And hair and makeup came at about 8 in the morning. We all kind of hung out, slowly got ready, had our hair and makeup done until David and Vicki Ard, their photographers, got there at about noon. You know, we did photos of the dress, me getting ready. David went over to go take pictures of Joe and the groomsmen. We we decided we wanted to do a first look before the wedding, just kind of get over, you know, get the nerves over with each other firsthand, beforehand, spend a lot of time together. So that was at about, I think, 1 p.m. or so. We did that, and then we walked over to the boardwalk and did, a, you know, pictures for a couple hours. And then we, just until we went back to the the Swan Dolphin Hotel Resort, we hung out there for a little while, just us, the wedding party, Joel and I. He was really nervous about putting the rings on right, so he made me practice that in their little conference room for a couple times. And our, our ceremony was at 4 p.m. It was about a half an hour long ceremony. After that, the just married people walked everyone over to a cocktail hour at Blue Zoo from, I think that was from about like 5 to 6 p.m. or so. And during that time, Joe and I had a few more pictures of us taken around the resort. And then our dinner started at 6 p.m. over at Blue Zoo. That's great. I'm curious to know, sometimes grooms have to be talked into the first look, and they almost always say, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I did that. Did you have to talk Joe into that? I think he liked the idea of getting the nerves over with, too. You know, in that way, like, I always cry. I'm, I'm a crier. So I was able to get that over with before the ceremony, even though I did end up crying through the whole ceremony, too. <laughs> just it was, it was nice to have that little moment. And we had all the 
we had the wedding party kind of wait. They were able to watch us through windows. We did our, our first book in a little courtyard at the Swan Resort. I think that's actually one of their wedding sites also. But it was fun just to have our little moment in the middle of such a crazy day. And once I explained that to him, he was completely on board. That's wonderful. So what ended up being your favorite memory of the day? That's a good question. It was all such a fun day. Um, I would probably say doing pictures around the boardwalk was really fun just because it was the middle of, middle of the afternoon. It was a beautifully sunny day, and it was actually supposed to rain all day, so we really lucked out with that. And, you know, people were congratulating us left and right. We actually saw some people, some wedding guests that had just kind of come to the boardwalk to hang out for a few hours before the wedding started, so that was really fun just to walk around with my friends and Joe and the photographers for a couple hours in the afternoon. That's great. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Looking back on it, you know, things that that day, you know, little things bothered me. Looking back on it, nothing went horribly, horribly wrong. You know, I'd say probably the biggest thing was beforehand with Blue Zoo, we'd kind of agreed on a set, set amount of drinks per person. You know, we'd had like one per person during the cocktail hour, a glass of wine at dinner, and then a champagne toast when we had cake. And the the Blue Zoo, you know, they were actually so good. People's wine glasses were never empty. You know, people were just constantly full, so unintentionally people got a little bit drunk at our wedding. <laughs> you know, there was, there was no ruckus, no commotion or anything like that. It was just the, the bill ended up being a little more than we expected. Interesting. Okay. And then was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? Well, I, I mentioned it when I was talking about it was supposed to rain the whole day. You know, the, the entire week before the wedding, it was saying 80% chance of rain, 90% chance of rain and thunderstorms. And an outdoor wedding, uh, I was in a panic about it. And, you know, the, I, should, I should know this by now with how many times I've been to Florida. You can't trust their weather reports ahead of time. So, you know, I was just in a panic the whole week about what we were going to do if our wedding was moved indoors. And, you know, the day before the wedding and the day of the wedding, I woke up, it's a 0% chance of rain. So it's like, I spent all that time worrying and panicking over that, and it was nothing to worry about. That's great. Yeah, we got really lucky. Then is there anything you know now that you wish you'd known when you were planning? Not necessarily when I was planning, but the day of, you know, you always hear people saying, you know, drink water and eat something. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, I'll do that. I didn't. You know, I was starving by dinner time. I was getting a little hangry, actually. And I ended up having the worst headache that night. So, you know, I really wish I would have listened to that, you know, drink water and eat something. (laughs) Those are my big things to tell people. Yeah. Do you have any other tips for those considering a swan and dolphin event or perhaps those just looking for an alternative to Disney's fairy tale weddings? You know, a lot of people think, oh, it's just a swan and dolphin wedding. That's not a real Disney wedding. It is. I feel like it was every bit of a Disney wedding as anyone else. You know, it was swan and dolphin and just Mary were so easy to work with. You know, they didn't have nearly as many as, of restrictions as the fairy tale weddings do. I know that swan and dolphin have started to have a little bit more now, but I still feel like they're so easy to work with. I love their ceremony sites. They're just wonderful. And they're the restaurants that you can have your reception at are just top notch. Good advice. Yeah. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I've been meaning to put up, you know, a blog or something like that. I just, I haven't had time to. I do have an album of about 300 photos on my Facebook. So if anyone ever wants to message me or friend me, I'd be happy to share those with them. And it's, my, my Facebook is just Laura Ferris. 
Okay, great. And I will put some of those in the post on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com for this show. Sounds great. Well, Laura, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think you've shared a lot of great tips for anyone interested in the swan and dolphin for their wedding or vow renewal, and I appreciate your taking the time. Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>